0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? My name's Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's poppin', Ricardo? What's up? We have zero mock drafts this week.
1: I know, it's a it's, it's kind of weird. weird.
0: <laughs> Not like us at all. Okay, we, we totally said that at the same time. Uh, so this week we have uh, uh, hard draft day decisions on uh, Thursday show. But for this show we have league winners. And then going into next week we have a mock draft to start the week and then we're going to talk about top five forgotten players before we switch to three episodes a week starting in August and the run-up to the regular season. I believe that first week of August is the first preseason game. I don't know who's playing in it. Is it first week of August, really? Yeah, they usually start a week before everyone else. Whatever. Oh, like the, the um, yeah. oh, what is it called? Um, uh, the something bowl. What the heck is it called? Yeah,
1: the old school bowl. <laughs> I, I feel
0: like we should know this. We hundred percent should. Hall of Fame, should, but fame I never game? Is that what it's called?
1: Hall of Fame game. Yes, yeah, that, okay, that's the one. Go.
0: So uh, we got a lot of stuff prepared for the month of August. Um, but as we, as we approach training camps, literally uh, next week, we're going to try to give you um, our top five league winners and our top five draft day decisions this week. Um, and on this episode, obviously league winners, uh, league winners, I think is my uh, favorite show. One of my favorite shows. Yeah. Cause uh, obviously it this is the one area that I feel like is the hardest to uh, project And I'll get to that in a second. Before we do that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitch, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below. And also, if you are in the realm of social media, please let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. Otherwise, I'm going to have to do it. And that hurts a little.
1: You're going to have to do it? Yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, that's going to be hard. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, um, yeah, so we have our top five league winners. And I think the most challenging aspect of fantasy football that I found, uh, specifically in our home league, that I'm the commissioner of. And when you're the commissioner, there is a curse. A curse. A curse. A curse. There's a curse placed upon you where you cannot win. Um, I call it the commissioner's curse, you know, because you're the commissioner and you're cursed. Uh, and I can't seem to win my home league because I am cursed by the commissioner's curse. Uh, every year I seem to not have the league winners, at least in that league. It's very strange. <laughs> but anyway, You're always close. Though. I'm always close. I'm right there. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, I've I found in all of my fantasy leagues over the last five six years that. Having a league winner is probably the most crucial uh, aspect to a championship. Um, and in the past, I've been all about like, and, and Rick could probably say the same, you know, I've always been about finding the most consistent players because those win you games and they always win you games. Like I always win regular season games. <laughs> you yeah. The playoffs, you need league winners. So yeah. Um, but the, the science behind finding a league winner is extremely difficult because literally anyone can break out at any point. Last year, Cooper Cup shattered – Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel shattered everyone's expectations of what they, people thought they were going to be, and they ended up being top-tier talents and got uh, a lot of people a championship just by being on the their team. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, and so the
1: person who won the championship in our league had both guys.
0: Oh yeah, that's good. No, I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, (laughs) and so what we're going to try to do on this show today is give you, uh, our top five league winners or give you some players that we think by the end of the year, we'll be talking about as a player that won a lot of leagues like the Cooper cups and the Debo Samuels from last year. Who would you say at the running back position won leagues last year, by the way? JT probably.
1: Um JT for sure.
0: Um where was Eckler drafted last year? Wasn't he a sixth round pick? Sixth round? I think he no, was second round. round. Oh, I thought you said sick. I'm Like, what what, what that was no, maybe no, no, seven no. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh yeah, I think it was a second round pick. Because he was
1: RB two last year. That was so surprising. I think that was- uh
0: what was his playoff stretch like? Um I'm looking that check. Up. I'm looking that up now. Cuz um that really Yeah, he had a good it. he had a really good
1: in PPR at least. Uh he had a week 16 bye. So that's kind of weird. Or he didn't play in week 16, sorry. But week 15 he had 18 and then week 17 he had 20.
0: So that's not bad. Yeah, so 15, 17 and 18 he had um so 16 he would just be not in the playoffs, but he was uh, RB12 and RB1 <sighs> in PPR. Yeah. So, yeah, he was good. He was pretty good.
1: He might have been Joe Mixon, too, is another guy. I think he finished in the top five for running backs last year. And he went in the second round in a lot of leagues, like mid to late second round. Who was it again? Early third round, even in some. Joe Mixon.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He was good, too.
1: Thanks to the Bengals wow, offense Jonathan, being what, I think what it was. Jonathan Taylor, Taylor for sure. Yeah, definitely he was is,
0: is that guy. He um, was the
1: league one, though.
0: Looking at. Yeah, last, year, last year's numbers in 2021, uh, standard. Why is it always put it in standard? I hate you sometimes, sleeper. Fournette, Fournette.
1: might have been another guy because he was drafted. Oh, yeah, he was drafted In way like the out sixth way. round. Right. Same with James Conner.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Cordero Patterson, too, saving, saving. No, that, I don't even the, count that. That's No, so- listen, the savior of the zero running back strategy.
1: He wasn't even that good at the end of the season. No, like wasn't. he was a top five running back in the first half of the I season. Was, uh,
0: I was listening to another podcast do a mock draft just recently, and um, you know it was three wide receiver PPR league. So obviously wide receivers go. One team went four wide receivers first. This year? This year? Yeah. Oh my uh, god! That seems that seems like a brutal strategy. See, when you say zero running back, I think the running backs were Miles Sanders. No. Maybe not Miles Sanders. Never mind. I forgot the running. Go ahead, George. I was
1: gonna say, but like usually teams that do zero running back will take a tight end or a quarterback in the first couple of rounds or wide receivers. So at least every position filled.
0: Consistency.
1: But this dude just took four receivers, yep. so he still needed a quarterback, a tight end, and like so three running backs. That's that's not a great idea.
0: So to you, Rick, before we jump into our uh, our league winners, because we probably should do that in the next minute or so. Um, what is a league winner?
1: A league winner is, well, it's pretty simple. It's someone who wins your league. Um, you're probably not going to draft them in the first round. It's someone who doesn't necessarily mean they uh, came out of nowhere because yeah. I said Joe Mixon and Eckler were guys that I kind of considered league winners. Those mm-hmm. were second round picks last year. Um, but there's someone who definitely surpasses their expectations. Yeah. Um, and usually teams that win championships have a high percentage of these guys on their teams.
0: Yeah. So you got to find them. I think, them. yeah, it's very challenging. I try to factor in a lot of different variables. So, like, strength of schedule obviously comes into play. Um, sure. Strength of schedule, opportunity, you know, stuff Usually like that. Usually, too,
1: if you look at the league winners, how many of them are in a bad offense? Zero. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor might have been in the worst one, and it was still like a top fifteen offense league. Like it wasn't a
0: bad, no, it bad was not offense. a bad offense at all. Yeah, typically they're in a good offense. Like Debo was in San Francisco, Cooper Cup, obviously the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Um, Jonathan Taylor's in a good offense, so yeah. It typically that's a good that's a good requisite too. Um, yeah, if you're in a good offense, you have a good schedule, and you're getting a lot of opportunity there's a good chance that you could do that. Um, but some guys, sometimes guys are just not there. <laughs> they, they have yep. all the things that make sense for them, and they just don't. So anyway, we're going to give you our top five league winners right now if you're you're cluing in uh, after eight minutes. Um, so let's talk about our number one guy. And it, it, this, this offensive situation is very interesting. Um, we'll talk a little bit more on Thursday about the complexities of it. But yep. – it's Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. Um, and I I think for me, the main point of why this guy will be a league winner is more specifically because I think we were talking before the show about, you know, how last year, a lot of people, there were people that liked Cooper cup for fantasy football and that they were drafting him on, on, you know, all their teams. Um, but, Rick and I, even after the season, we talked about like why did we not clue in on Cooper Cup more? To be like, you need to get this guy on your team uh, because he was going to who was an absolute smash. His quarterback situation changed to a better quarterback. The Rams' offense, they were all in, um, but yet Cooper Cup was not a guy that people were jumping, you know, jumping over the table to draft uh, as soon yep. as their pick got up. And you take that sticker and put Cooper Cup's name up there. They weren't doing it. Um and what, what 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 round was he in the sixth? Is that correct? Sixth, seventh?
1: Cooper Cup? Yeah. I think he was a fifth by the end of
0: it. Okay. Um, but no one expected him to blow up and become the number oh, one yeah. wide receiver in fantasy football. So I was thinking, you know, what is can that can that happen again this year? Obviously, we I, any guy that I compare that to is not going to be as good as Cooper Cup. First off. <laughs> that season he yep. had is astronomical can't even replicate it like you know historic but can there be another situation in the NFL where there's a wide receiver that people had a lot of expectations for that steps up you know probably getting drafted in the fourth fifth round and had the same change of you know offense the change of quarterback that can elevate them to the next level and I keep going back to the Denver Broncos and their offensive situation after getting Russ Rick, I think, said that they were, what, top? They were, 19
1: we're in 19th yards. in the NFL last year in yards per game.
0: In yards per game, yeah. So, 19th in the NFL. So, like, you add Russell Wilson to that. And even if he only improves your team by 10 spots, you're a top 10 offense in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and people, I think, are underestimating, and I said this before the show, but the upgrade that Russell Wilson is mm-hmm. over Teddy Bridgewater, injured lock. Like, it is massive. It's it is a massive upgrade.
0: Yeah, like Russ, he even even hobbled Russ <laughs> is a massive upgrade. Yes, over Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke.
1: And it's the same thing last year where a lot of people had the take um, that Jared Goff was really just as good as Matt Stafford yep. or close, and yep. then it clearly ended up not being that. Yep. Um, and I think people aren't saying that this year, but they're like, uh, it's not a huge upgrade or they're really just kind of underestimating the upgrade that it is yes uh and with a guy like judy in his third year which is historically the year that a receiver breaks out as well yeah um he's in the perfect opportunity he's just got to stay healthy he wasn't healthy at all last year Mm -hmm. didn't have any touchdowns um i think those things will obviously change especially the touchdowns this year and he's extremely talented he was what the 15th overall pick um, we know what he's capable of when he's on the field. We've seen the routes that he runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a really good fit. People are obviously going to say Sutton and um, mm. I could see that too. I think Sutton's a good draft pick and he's a good fit as well. But I think in terms of pure route yeah. running talent, I think it's going to end up being Judy mm-hmm. who's slightly ahead of Sutton, but right. it could be either guy, but we're putting our flag on Judy.
0: So, For Jerry Judy, too, like in in the past years, obviously not having a quarterback has kind of hindered his success. But, you know, he was drafted literally uh, in the same breath as Justin Jefferson, as CeeDee Lamb, right? Yes. And so he hasn't had that success. But what has Justin Jefferson had? A quarterback. What has Mm CeeDee Lamb had? A quarterback. Jerry Judy has not had a quarterback. And so the hate on Judy right now is, I, in my opinion, unwarranted. Like he hasn't had, there's been some, you know, drops and there's been some bad plays by Judy, obviously. No question. But when you don't have a quarterback, that's going to cap you. Name a rookie quarterback that walks into the NFL without a quarterback and has success. I, I can't even think of one. There isn't. Terry McLaurin?
1: And it's funny because, like, if you look Is at his
0: it? some Did of his advanced,
1: me? yeah, maybe McPherson. Oh,
0: good God!
1: Um, if you look at some of Judy's advanced stats, his target accuracy was sixty fifth in the league. Oh my God! That's <laughs> um, so that just shows his quarterback play. His true catch rate was eighty four point four percent. Um, his catchable target rate eighty percent. But I too. think
0: his, I think his the 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 efficiency metric that stands out to me that I think shows people why this guy should be considered you know a very good wide receiver and should be in the same you know breadth and conversation as obviously a Cortland sutton but maybe even better and a guy that could break out like dk metcalf was for uh you know russ in seattle is he was number one in the nfl in target separation 2.4 yeah i saw that and do you know what that tells me that Jerry Judy is a spectacular route runner. <laughs> yep. So he may have uh he had four drops last year, which is not great. No, um, and
1: he and I think the year before that he had like five or six drops too. He's right. drops is definitely he had eight drops his rookie season,
0: so but there's nothing <laughs> to me that shows that Jerry Judy's not talented. Yeah.
1: Reminds me a little bit of Deontay
0: Johnson. Um, yeah, a little bit. Where he
1: has that elite route running ability. He does mm. have problems. Dropping the ball, but you can see the talent is clearly there.
0: Right. And there's things that he does need to clean up, but I think having Russ as his quarterback will make that. Absolutely. Will will help. Um, So the big thing about uh, Jerry Judy is obviously, uh, you know, he has. Courtland Sutton on the other side and the argument between them. And I just have one quick question for you because, like I said, we will talk about this in more detail on Thursday, the the decision between these two guys. But uh, who is the more talented wide receiver, Jerry Judy or Courtland Sutton? Um,
1: I've always liked Sutton. Uh, I remember, I think Flacco was the quarterback a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and he made a one-handed catch in the end zone, and I was like, whoa, who's this guy? Um, So he's clearly... Um, This isn't a knock on Sutton, Mm -hmm. but I think it's Judy.
0: I agree. So that particular point is why, you know, obviously for me, he's on this list because I think he is more talented. Thus, if he gets the target share and he is the number one wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, he will then ascend into that you know, top 10 conversation, breakout, and possibly be a league winner. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up really quickly before we move on, and, and uh, you know, Rick, if you have any other points, just saying when I'm done with this, but uh, Jerry Judy, his strength of schedule right now is 7.8 uh, in ranking on fantasy pros, which is yep. one of the highest in the entire NFL. So uh, I think among starting wide receivers, that's second. Yep. so he has a very easy strength of schedule for the season um all of that kind of combines together we were talking about strength of schedule check the box for jerry judy uh we were talking about offense definitely going to be a top 10 offense Check the box there and obviously he's going to get the opportunity um in this offense so all of those three things combined I love Jerry Judy. I think the talent level will send him into that top ten conversation and we'll make him a league winner this year, especially when you can snag him what in the fifth, sixth round?
1: Yep. well, he's moving up now. He's starting to move <laughs> up. Uh fifth round, I think, in sleeper and he's yeah, like late. He f- off my fourth in a underdog. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um I knew all that right. was coming up. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the next guy is Jalen Hurts. Rick, tell me why Jalen Hurts is a league winner for twenty twenty two.
1: So Jalen hurts. He's someone who we were both high on last year. You were definitely higher on him, but I did like him. I drafted him mm-hmm. and best ball leagues. And it worked out. He was, I think a top, he was QB nine last season, so yeah. pretty good. And that's about where he's getting drafted this year, maybe a little bit higher. I think he's getting drafted like QB eight in that range. Um, and I think that's great value for a guy who mm-hmm. might be a top three quarterback back this year. Um, he was QB nine and he missed two games. Um, He obviously we know about his rushing. He had 139 rushing attempts for 100 or 784 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. Um, so the rushing should stay there, I think. He's only in year three of his career, so there's definitely no stopping. Yeah, um, he's not getting old or anything, so his rushing should stay about where that is. Uh, and we we all know about the rushing quarterbacks and how much we talk about those guys and how they're so great for fantasy football.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but what the thing that makes him to me, this year, the difference between this year and last year is now he has A.J. Brown, mm. um, who, when healthy, is a top 10 receiver Boom. in the NFL.
0: My God. I have a ta- I have a Titans play. jersey of him. I need to go out and get a, a an Eagles jersey.
1: Yeah. And I think he complements Devontae Smith's game really well. Yeah. And I don't think this is going to be an elite passing team, no. but Hurts should. Should have better passing numbers this year with AJ Brown on the team. I mean, the weapons that he has. AJ Brown. We talk about Tua, and a lot of people talk about Tua and how they think he's going to be great this year because he has Tyree and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts has AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, and Dallas Goddard. That's a pretty good trio of weapons there. Um, and I don't think he's throwing thirty touchdowns or mm-hmm. um, five thousand yards or anything like that. But if he can get to twenty-five touchdown passes. With close to four thousand yards, that's a huge upgrade on what he did last year. Yeah. And you repeat the rushing, top three fantasy quarterback. Agreed. That's a league winner to get in whatever. I think the eighth round where yeah. he's going. Yeah, something like that.
0: It might be slightly higher, but on the seventh sure. round. Yeah.
1: Even so, he's going behind, you know, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He's behind Kyler Murray. Uh I on underdog he's going behind. Uh, Russ as well. I could be wrong, but um, he's going. He's yeah, still QB he's like, like seven or eight. 63. So
0: QB nine off the no. board.
1: QB nine. Yeah. On so underdog. I think you're drafting him at as pretty much his floor. Yeah. Cause he was QB nine. last Agree.
0: Uh, There was a statistic that I was telling Rick before the show about Jalen hurts that um, I think he was like, I'm, I'm not going to give exact numbers cause I can't remember the exact numbers, but he was 50. He had like 55 plus. Uh, yards per game on the ground. Um, and then at one point in the season, he ended up getting injured. Uh, I can't remember if he missed time or not, but after that injury, he dro- he dropped to 25, around 25 to 29 yards per carry on the ground. Um, not yards per carry, yards per game on the ground. Um, and if you gave him that extra 25 yards in the rest of the games that he played for the whole season, he would have been like a top three, top four quarterback in fantasy football. So he was pacing out at that, um, and obviously injuries and other things with the Eagles' offense uh, changed. But like Rick said, that a- A.J. Brown, I think, is the biggest factor in the whole situation because now having A.J. Brown, you have a top 10 wide receiver. You know I don't know if he's going to be that in fantasy, but a top 10 wide yep. receiver talent-wise in the NFL on your yes, team yes. who's going to draw – Stuff away from your brand new rookie wide receiver Devonta Smith. So now you have maybe one of the, you know, one I would say a top five to top seven wide receiver tandem in the NFL um, on your team now. And then you have a good offensive line. You have Miles Sanders. You have Dallas Goddard. Like this, this offense is really, I think, a little bit underrated to be completely honest with you. Like, yeah, people are, people are saying it's going to just completely suck. They might not pass it a lot, but no. I think AJ Brown makes Jalen hurts a little bit better as a passer. Um, and I think opens up
1: the whole offense too.
0: It opens up the whole offense. So Jalen hurts is going to run around like a chicken with his head cut off and he's going to make a ton of plays. And I think this is going to be a really good season fantasy wise for Jalen hurts. And I think if you're just in a one quarterback league, that's even four point. You haven't, obvious advantage with a quarterback that can rush like a Lamar mm-hmm. or even a Jalen hurts and I think Jalen hurts ascends from that kind of you know slight breakout he had last year into the top you know three this year and and kind of surprises everyone if you can if you can get that at qb9 that's yeah. unbelievable value
1: and then for the offense uh we'll see if it checks the box without telling you where they finished what do you think how how do you how much do you think they improved by adding AJ Brown? How many spots would you say? Not a ton, because he's, you know, just the wide receiver, but a like
0: couple five spots. Five to seven.
1: Yeah. So they were the uh they had the 14th ranked offense in yards per game. So that would put them in the top ten, even if it's just five spots. That would make them the the yeah. ninth best offense in the EFL in terms of yards. Of they so were 14th last year. And even points, they were pretty good. I think they averaged 26 points per game. Yeah. Um, which I believe was in the top. It was like 11th or 10th. So yeah, that's, they were already a fringe top 10 offense last year and you add an AJ Brown. Yeah. So the offense is going to be there. Um, the situation is going to be there. Uh, I, I, I like it with Jalen hurts a lot this year.
0: Me too. All right, let's move on to our number three league winner for 2020. This is a little, it's not a hot take. I don't think it should be a hot take. Um, but it's a little bit of a step out of the box for me. And it's Mike Evans. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, it hurts a little because I've never been really in on Mike Evans. I don't draft him. I feel like he's his. I've said it before, even this off season. I feel like his floor kind of caps out at like eight, seven or eight. But the more I've thought about it, as the off season gone has gone along, and the more I've heard about Chris Godwin and the injury and the different stuff going on with that, and then the changes that have happened to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this offseason with Gronk retiring. He you know, I know, a lot of people have said Gronk is retiring with air quotes around it because you know, he always comes back when Brady gives the beck and call, but he sounds like he's done this time. He literally was in New England for whatever reason. I don't know why he'd come to Boston, but <laughs> he was at some kind of event in Boston and they asked him if he was going to play and if this was just, you know, like if he was really done and he said, "No, I'm never playing football again." He was very definitive. So I don't think Ronks coming back to save the day at all. Um, They don't have Chris Godwin to start the season. They lost Antonio Brown. And obviously all of these weapons that they've had in the past are gone. And what you're left with is Mike Evans. And Mike Evans has been consistent. He's been good by himself. He's in a number one outside receiver. He's very talented. Like, All of these things come together for Mike Evans, and obviously you have the greatest of all time who can't seem to die when it comes to football Uh, in Tom Brady throwing you the ball. I think all of the signs point to Mike Evans having a 160-target season and having probably the best season of his career. I think offensive efficiency will take a drop but what the what the Bucks lose in other areas, I think Mike Evans will make up for. So um, he's going to get a lot of work, especially early in the season. Um, and I think it's going to lead to him having this, a league winner-like season where at the end of the year, people are like, wow, uh, I should have drafted Mike Evans a little bit higher than I did. Um, and I think he you can get him uh, top of the third in a 12 team in PPR and half PPR, so... Um, I think that's great value too. Like if I if I was able to get him as my number one wide receiver, there I'd feel good about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, and even the last two years with Godwin being there, Gronk being there, and Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown even being there for a couple weeks, um, Mike Evans has been a top ten guy Mm -hmm. in half PPR and PPR uh, the last two seasons with Brady. So. I don't think that really changes and now he has potentially more targets to work with. I mean, he had 109 in 2020, 114 yeah. in 2021. Mm-hmm. I think um, you could be looking at 130 to 140 targets this year. Yeah. Could efficiency be down maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but it won't matter if his volumes much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree. I think Evans is a league winner. He's, mm-hmm. you're, he's, you're getting a guy who could be a top five receiver and, um, in the third round um, to me, it's a home run home run pick. And this is someone who I've been higher in Mike Evans than you, but you know, he, he's still not my favorite player in the league, but <laughs> yeah. um, he's in a really good spot. Yeah. Especially if, if Godwin is going to be out for those couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Gronk's not playing. Gronk was a huge, huge red zone guy. Yeah. Um, the last couple years, mm-hmm. I think he had, uh, I'll double check that. He only had six touchdowns, actually. So that is less than I thought. Yeah. Um, but that's still six touchdowns getting taken away. I don't think Cameron Brake gets all six of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Evans is already a huge touchdown guy though. 14 and 13 in the last two seasons. Um, mm-hmm. so I think you can rely on that. Uh, and then if the targets go up, obviously the catches and yards go up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're looking at, around that six to five range for receivers. So I think he's going to be a guy who's on a lot of championship teams and is the offense worse than it was last year? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was the number two offense in the NFL. So you're probably still looking at a top uh, six or seven offense in the league. Right.
0: Yeah. And Mike Evans too uh, has, I think the second easiest strength of schedule among wide receivers in the top 10 um mm. actually no it's the first so i mean all of this lines up for him to have a really really i, I honestly think i don't know if this is a hot take but i think he might have the best season in his career this year so oh. I, and he was a
1: wide, well he was a wide receiver one in 2016 so maybe who uh james winston
0: yeah see i, I and, and mike evans was the only wide receiver true so yeah very true uh, I'll definitely snag Mike Evans as a league winner this year. Uh, number four, a little bit of a breakout, a little bit of a league winner, Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and there's a lot of variables that go into into Michael Pittman. Um, but Rick, I want to hear your thoughts on why this man is a league winner.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, he was the wide receiver seventeen um last season so that's already you Mm -hmm. could make the argument that he already had a breakout last year um he was a solid wide receiver Mm -hmm. too. um was a weekly flex high-end guy this year ty hilton is gone they have not re-signed him there is nobody in that wide receiver room um right now it's probably paris campbell might be their wide receiver too if not it's second round rookie alex pierce um who is a rookie wide receiver So alec pierce whatever uh so that leaves michael Pittman to really yeah. be the guy for the indianapolis colts um in that offense well, he got had 129 kiki kuti,
0: tar- what is it kiki kuti back in the day oh can they sign him yeah yeah he's like number seventh on the day he's chart. only listed as their
1: come. uh wide receiver six <laughs> on the espn depth chart
0: uh uh So player profiler didn't even give him that that gratitude. He was wide receiver seven on there. Oof, yikes. Um, And then you add Matt Ryan who,
1: you know, statistically, I don't know if he's going to be an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Um, I
0: I actually think he he will be because he's a better quarterback right now than Carson Wentz was. I
1: agree with that. I do think he is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Um, But so, well, maybe not like – so Carson Wentz last year statistically was actually not – too too bad, um, but he had like like the thirty five hundred yards for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Matt Ryan last year had probably the worst year of his career, and he still threw thirty nine hundred yards. Yep. So you're probably still going to get a four thousand yard season, um, and then the touchdowns maybe stays about the same. Mm-hmm.
0: I think he, throws but more. maybe. I think he what is than, it? I think he throws more than that.
1: Yeah, like I said, last year was probably his worst year of his career. I mean, he's going to a much better situation if i remember had to Calvin take Ridley.
0: The over on like 22 touchdowns, I would take it, probably like 25 or 26 yeah. touchdowns, which is and, something he's done in the past. But which is about what
1: Carson Wentz did last year. Yeah. Um so either way, but who who on that team other than Michael Pittman Jr. could you see having even like five or six receiving touchdowns?
0: I thought you were gonna ask receptions and I was gonna say uh obviously Paris Campbell, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, receiving touchdowns, uh Michael Pittman and no one else. Okay. Jonathan Taylor might catch six. <laughs> I don't think he's catching six. <laughs> I was I just was gonna to check to see if they got a tight end and uh Mo'ally maybe, Cox. Nobody. Um I, a couple. I don't know. This could be a ten plus touchdown here for Michael Pittman. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, he has that capability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But even if he doesn't, let's say he gets like eight, which would still be really good Mm -hmm. and better than what it was last year and kind of a realistic number. That's two more touchdowns than he did last year. Mm -hmm. He's going to get probably 140, 150 targets being the only guy now. Not the only guy, but clearly the best guy in that offense. with Matt Ryan, so probably more efficient, um, probably better yards per reception maybe not yards per reception, but definitely more efficient. Um, and now you're looking at a top 10 receiver that once again, you're getting later on what we always look at these guys every single year, Chris Godwin, Cooper cup, these guys that are getting drafted in the Mm -hmm. fourth, fifth round at the receiver position that end up ascending into wide receiver ones. Yeah. Michael Pittman feels like he's going to be that guy this year, or at least could he's one of the candidates for it for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, uh, I was a fan of Michael Pittman when they drafted him, um, Mm -hmm. because you know they had Ty Hilton and literally nobody else besides Paris Campbell. And and you look at the Indianapolis Colts at this point, and like obviously Ty's gone, but it's clear that they want this guy to be their ex receiver on the outside. Like this is what they this is the role they have for him. This is what they want him to be. And like Rick said, I mean he he literally last year had. 88 catches on 129 targets. And um, and yeah. I definitely could see 140, maybe even 150 targets, which would get him into the mid-90s, receptions-wise. Mm-hmm. And, like, 12.3 yards per reception is good. Like, he gets the touchdowns up. This guy is, is legit going to be not just a breakout, but I think a league winner in fantasy football this year. And I think not a lot of people are – like, he's wide receiver 12 right now in rankings – So that's high for the fantasy community. But I don't know that people outside of that, you know, like the people that you're going to be drafting with, you know, with in your home leagues are going to be looking at Michael Pittman as that same top 12 guy. They're going to be like, okay, I like Michael Pittman, but I'm not going to draft him until like the seventh round. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is why you listen to our podcast. Right, exactly. Go on fantasy pros. Um, But like he's shown he's shown elite upside. And I'm excited to see where he goes right now. He's twenty nine on underdog drafts. So people that know what they're doing cool. are drafting him much higher. Wide receiver seventeen um in underdog drafts. So I love that value, especially like I think he crushes that wide receiver seventeen draft selection. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he crushes that and Me too. There's no way that he's not um an upside. But I think we thing, both have him in our top twelve, right? For rankings. Yes, yes, I believe so um but like the even the the success rate versus coverages um he was 79th percentile against man uh 88th percentile against zone 96th percentile against press um and he had a 77% success rate against double coverage so um when you have the other thing too that you have to factor in is when you have Jonathan Taylor that like changes the game because teams don't really know when you're going to run it or when you're going to pass it. And some of the best years of Matt Ryan's career, right. were when he had Todd Gurley and now he's got Matt and now he's, now he's got Jonathan Taylor. So it's like uh, this offense as a whole is going to be much better than it was last year. And it was already good. Um, And I think Michael Pittman is going to be a major benefactor of that. Um, And I think Matt Ryan will improve him. And to me, there's no way he's not a top 10 wide receiver this year. Um, And I, definitely think he's gonna be a league winner i was trying to find the um the strength of schedule for him too uh 6.6 so the same as mike evans Mm -hmm. um really good i like it Checks all the
1: boxes and then if you want to say the offense Mm -hmm. um let me go double check but the offense was not too too bad last year uh they're the 16th ranked offense uh, but Jonathan Taylor was also the RB one, so it shows that they can produce league winners even at the 16th ranked offense. Not to mention the fact that with Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. I would expect that to go up. It's not nearly the upgrade that Russell Wilson is, but yeah, yeah. um, maybe go up like f- four or five spots. Yeah, yep. Which could get you to the like 12th ranked offense in the league, which that's pretty good. I would say that's good enough.
0: Yep. Um, and number five and the final guy that we have on the league winners list, certainly not the last one. I think there's a lot of guys that could be league winners, but, uh, number five is Cam Akers. I know. I know. Cam Akers had two yards of carry last year (laughs) in what five years.
1: (laughs) That's so gross. So gross.
0: Uh, yeah, he had three rushing attempts on five yards, 0.6 yards per carry, but the playoffs is really what you're looking for. He, he just wasn't efficient uh, in the opportunities that he got, obviously last year in the playoffs, and the one thing that I would note, and and there are two there are two main things with Cam Akers that I think people have to pay attention to. A, it's the fact that the um, the Los Angeles Rams. I was gonna about to say the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I have no idea why, but the Los Angeles Rams. At least I'm not calling them the St. Louis Rams. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Made progress. Um, they did not add, they they drafted Kerwin Williams. I can't I don't know what round it was in. I think it this was round, the I think. fifth round. Yeah. So uh they drafted Kerwin Williams, who is basically going to be uh, a nobody, third or fourth running back on the team. They let Sony Michelle walk. Daryl Henderson still there as a number two running back, all purpose guy. I think he's just literally at this point a handcuff for them because Cam Akers was f- like in the off- in the postseason was force fed, so it's like a they didn't add they didn't add literally anything to this running attack that would make me feel like okay they don't believe in Cam Akers, right, and the second thing is yep. the fact that they seemed to even after he came back from his Achilles injury really fast it seemed to not hinder Sean McVay's desire to give him twenty touches a game, um and even when yeah. he wasn't playing well they still force fed him the ball. So the main concern that everyone has obviously at this point is the Achilles injury and running backs typically have an extremely hard time coming back from an Achilles injury. The difference I think for acres is that he's 23 years old. He's younger and he was able to come back from the Achilles injury extremely quickly, get some reps in in the postseason last year. And now he has a whole off season to recover. And so for me, the Rams haven't done anything to to spell, you know, okay, we don't believe in Cam Akers and Sean McVay loves to feed people. And I think Cam Akers is going to get 20 plus touches a game this year, every single game for the whole season. Um, and obviously because of that, I think that puts him in the top 10 of running backs. Um, but I think he's also going to be a value right now. He's pick 46 and underdog. So he's basically an early fourth round selection in some leagues. Um, I just don't see how Cam Akers is not a smash value here um and how you don't draft him uh with extreme upside. Uh, he's he's just if 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 Sean McVay believes in him, I believe in him. Yep. Yeah.
1: Me too. That. That's a great point. Um <laughs> he's definitely the riskiest guy we have on this list yes, for sure 100%. because of that uh, Achilles injury, but he also has tremendous upside as you mm-hmm. said. Obviously, the offense is fantastic. Uh, top five offense in the league last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were only top 10 statistically. So even then, top 10 offense, um, that's going to stay the same. He's clearly the workhorse um, on paper. I think he's going to be a workhorse on the field. McVeigh historic, but uses run one really one running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and letting Sony Michelle walk and not replacing him to me was a huge indicator that... They are going, they believe in can makers uh, and let's not forget people use the Achilles against them. And I understand long-term absolutely. But for the short-term people use against them too. And how- why he put play- like on how he played poorly, they're mm-hmm. saying, Oh, he can never recover. Look how bad he was in the playoffs and in the regular season when he played, he was coming off in Achilles five months after he tore, he tore it in um, yeah. the middle of July middle of the end of July, uh, July 20th is when it was announced that he had torn his Achilles last season. So he was coming off, uh, he was playing in January and February. So he was about six, seven months into that. He's now going into this year. He's Mm going to be a full 14 months um, after that Achilles injury. That is a huge difference. Um, He should be fully healthy because he was not fully healthy. It was clear he was not fully healthy. He was playing Mm -hmm. at like 50, 60% um he's now going to be playing at 100 mm-hmm. so i don't know how good he's going to be i really don't but naji harris statistically wasn't fantastic last year um i think he was at like four he was 3.9 yards a carry Blimey. um 6.3 yards uh per reception Blech. wasn't super efficient but guess what he had over 370 touches. I'm not saying Cam Akers is going to get that.
0: You can't say that because he probably will if he sticks I, I could see him getting
1: 350, 340 touches. Yeah. and If you do that, you're a top-five running back based on volume. Just, it's really hard not to
0: Just beat. 20 touches a game for 17 games is 340 carries or 340 yeah. opportunities. Which I think um, he can...
1: if you look at the guys that he's around
0: mm-hmm.
1: getting drafted um, in, he has more upside than every single one of them by far. Yep. Is, is there a running back within like five spots that have the same upside of him? Maybe Javante, yeah. but Javante is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe and frankly, Fournette if you lost, Javante
0: has pounds. way more risk attached.
1: Yeah, in terms of in terms of competition yeah. for sure. Um but like even the guys after Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Brees Hall, mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, maybe Josh Jacobs, Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, Clyde, Miles Sanders, AJ Dillon, mm-hmm. none of those guys come close to the upside that Cam Akers has. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think he's a I think he's a smash. Like if you get him in the third or fourth round, I think he's gonna be a player that way exceeds where he's drafted um, and goes yep. to a point where, you know, if he finishes as a top seven, top six run, running back next year with his 340 touches, similar to the range where Najee Harris was, then you obviously smash the value on him and you got a player that probably won you a league because you have a RB1 that you drafted in the third, fourth round. So it's like, yep. you know, I think he's going to like be on a lot of teams that end up being... Uh, championship teams at the end of the year uh, because of that Um, I've just I keep having visions in my head of Todd Gurley back in the day and how much work Sean McVay gave him and how much opportunity he gave him Um, and I I feel like if they do that with Cam Akers and he's healthy and he's good and the, the Achilles injury doesn't really affect him then he will be like not necessarily like Todd Gurley cuz Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley for 2 3 seasons was just otherworldly um but I think he can be a top 5 top 6 running back in fantasy football if they give him the work and he sticks with that the whole season. I think there's nothing that tells me that they won't give him the work, so there's that. But right. Um there is your top 5 league winners for 2022. Interesting list fun list yeah. jerry judy jalen hurts mike evans michael Pittman, two mics two mics and then we got cam Akers. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on on the show in the next couple weeks be sure to check out the next episode our hot draft date decisions we'll see you later guys yeah. thank you for listening to the fantasy champions podcast make sure you subscribe on itunes and youtube and follow us on twitter at the ff champs